This is all theater. This is all just political theater. Political theater. Political theater. Pure political theater. Theater. Political theater. The nefarious, significant, and protracted political, political, political theater for political theater's sake. I yield back. From Washington, this is Political Theater. Roll Call's review of the spectacle of politics on Capitol Hill and across the country. I'm Jason Dick. During our last podcast here on Political Theater, we discussed the top political news stories of the year with Nathan Gonzalez and pondered whether any of them would be relevant in, say, 50 years. We called it The View from 2073. For this episode of Political Theater, I wanted to drill down a little bit more local. Uh, And for that, we're going to talk to Brandon Weatherby. He's the editor and publisher of Recommend If You Like and a good friend and a frequent uh, podcast guest. Uh, I've I've been on his podcast, uh, You Meet Them Everybody. He's been on this podcast several times and welcome him back for, for this edition. Brandon, hello. Hello. How are you? Good. Uh, this is your first time doing the uh, doing the video, so thank you for uh, uh, you know being a part of uh, this continuing evolution of this podcast. That's what people want to see. That's they what see people, people talking into microphones, right? <laughs> and and uh, o- older people too, middle aged <laughs> people. <laughs> yeah, that's what they want. Give we have to give the people what they want. <laughs> So as, as I mentioned, uh, you know, this is the, the year of sort of best of things. Uh, for instance, I, I just uh, uh, sent you uh, sort of a, a, a kind of best of uh, story for your, for your site, recommend if you like, uh, about the best uh, movies, best repertory movies that I saw on big screens this, this past year. And I, I kind of like doing the, you know, just the, the off-centered best of list. And for this, I... I just think that you're you're a good person to talk to about this because one of uh, you, you know your own publication, which focuses on on the you know the culture in the DC area and you know events, music, bands, uh, movies, books, you know sports, uh, and also because you, I, I think that you're one of the more acute observers of Washington because uh, while you've lived here for a while, you're also a native Chicagoan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you love Chicago and all things Chicago. It's it is your real home, and so you you know you you have a, a view of what another big city is like and how it functions and what's going on. So, thanks for for doing this because uh, I think that it'll, this could be a good conversation. I hope. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> uh, so let's talk. I mean, like some of the more significant sort of local stories. I mean, these are going to be a little bit more cultural more you know sports but I, but I do want to get into some of the the you know some local issues that um you know have have resonance in everybody's lives who lives in in washington but let's start uh let's start with the pandas sure <laughs> significant or or not significant that the pandas for the first time for the first time in 50 years we don't have pandas at the national zoo uh i mean this this uh this happened to uh, the chinese government withdrew uh, our, our panda friends. Uh, we might get another batch at some point, but this is this feels kind of big, at least if you have kids and like to go to the zoo. It's, re- like it's really only important if you care about democracy in any way. But if you don't, they're just <laughs> the red pandas, number one, are better than the regular pandas. So and we still have Rusty. So whatever. I don't care about this. And in terms of the kids stuff, the pandas are always like, maybe top 10 visits to the zoo like the pandas kind of suck like the pandas are the most overrated like they're not even the best bear at the zoo let alone (laughs) the best panda at the zoo 
Number one thing for kids at the zoo is the carousel. That ain't going nowhere. That's made of wood. Number two is probably the lions because they're loud. Then number three is the Adrian bears because they could actually see them. Mm -hmm. Then the elephants. So, no, the pandas, the biggest marketing gimmick. It's brilliant. I'm glad that the zoo did it. But overall, I don't care as an animal lover, but I do care that uh, because I'm pro-democracy. So, yeah, that's not a good sign. I mean, this is this is a PR thing and everything's a PR thing. So the fact that there's the Ukraine vote this week or the funding vote this week, maybe next year, whatever, that relates to this. And that's not a good sign. So uh, please so please explain. Yeah. About I just that. sound like a red thread guy, but I'm not. No, 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 no. This is the pandas were always alone from China. Right. Right. China has a really, really good relationship with Russia compared to our relationship with Russia. Right. Right. China's not funding the war in Ukraine. Correct. Correct. We are, right? Correct. The Russians also funded, I don't know, one of the two political parties that doesn't want to fund the war in Ukraine. Is that right? Or is that still a controversial statement? I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let it lie there. I mean, like they, they certainly uh, are happy with the isol- growing isolationism of the Republican Party. So that's why the pandas are a big deal. It has nothing to do with furry creatures. It has nothing to do with the environment. Uh, both countries are bad in terms of their records on the environment, both China and the United States. So uh, the pandas are a huge deal, and it has nothing to do with the animals. And uh, I'm not going to be telling any of my children any of that until they're a little bit older. Do you, do you anticipate getting questions about where they are? If the No, they don't care about the pandas because I, I get to control. I'm the curator of that museum. I don't get to control. <laughs> I was more bummed out when they closed the like mini aquarium because now I have to go to Baltimore to see the fishies and yeah. that aquarium. Well, whilst amazing is is a far aquarium and it's not free, unlike yeah. all the Smithsonian. So that's my big old man complaint. I like I like hey, the octopus. I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't? They're very intelligent creatures. They have sense. They're humor. delicious yeah, and they, and they taste good. Uh, okay. Next thing. <laughs> is this, I hope this is helpful. I I mean, is any of this helpful? I mean, I, honestly, you know, I, I've been thinking about more and more what you do, what I do, what our people and our lives do. And I think I'm not trying to negate what you do. I think what I do is the most important because right. you deal with things that are actually important, but you're all more depressed than me. <laughs> Because you can't win in politics. But if you cover non-politics, you can because you're trying to find the things that fight against the darkness. Well, you just are engaged in the darkness and at one point had hope. Where people like me, we never had any hope. So it's nice and fun to see like, oh, look at the pretty Christmas lights. Let's go walk around and see those. Where you're stuck in a building uh, around people that spend 300 plus days a year trying to raise money. That's depressing. It, it is depressing. And also, I would- Now I've lost that, everyone. I am not, so sorry. Not, not at all. I mean, I, I would also add to that that the reason that what you do is important is that the reason that we have a, a political system is to safeguard people's ability to enjoy life and enjoy their culture. So maybe I should stop talking about how one half of them get all their money from Russia. That's not a good, that's not <laughs> a good thing to do. That's a bad idea. I'm, I'm shooting myself in the foot <laughs> consistently. <laughs> For twenty years, I have not learned one lesson. Well, I would, uh, I would take issue with that. I think that um, <clears throat> I think no, I, no, I respectfully disagree. I was the uh, <laughs> editor of my high school newspaper. Right, this is more than twenty years ago at this point. Catholic school. This is when dogma was in theaters and stuff like that. I put a picture of like Buddy Jesus with the thumbs up in the Catholic newspaper. And they said, you can't do that. And I go, it's free press. It's free speech. And I go, it's not. You're at a Catholic school, dude. 
<laughs> and they were right, and I was wrong, and I've learned nothing from that. Uh, we I really hope we, I don't make we, we billionaire get no, Jeff angry, and then they won't take my pitches at the post anymore. That'll be bad. <laughs> that would be no. I, I mean, I, an entire podcast just on dogma would actually, you know. Well, I think Kevin Smith's done four thousand hours on that. <laughs> He's got a whole podcast network based on that. It's true, and I'm not even I'm not even Catholic. Although I went to Catholic school for one year in high school, I'm not Catholic. I went to Catholic school my entire education, pre-K yeah. three through college. There we go. I mean, and look where it got you here Same. on a, here <laughs> a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next next uh, next item: uh, significant or un- insignificant, big or, or or not not so big news. Uh, the sale of the Washington Commanders uh, by you know by Dan Snyder to uh, jo- a group led by Josh Harris. How's I think it's going to be the biggest story, hopefully, of the decade if the Commanders don't move back. I don't see the the recent uh, Caps Wizards potential move to Virginia being a big deal, even if it does we'll get, happen. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. I'm, just, no, I'm no, not no. trying to step on your toes here. I still think this will be the bigger story unless the stadium goes back to RFK or DC proper. But this will be related to that. So. Mm-hmm. This is no different than when the Cubs got Theo Epstein to be the GM or the president of baseball operations. And like, yeah, that wasn't the year they won the World Series, but do they win the World Series without that happening? Probably not. Do the commanders ever have a chance at a winning culture at a non non toxic culture without the sale to Josh Harris? Probably not. Right. So this is going to be huge. Even this year was a wash. And no matter what happened, the fact that they won their first game was just beyond joyful. No one cares. No, no, no one. But the majority of the people that are mad that the stadium isn't good are still okay with the ownership. And that's a huge disconnect. We no longer have the worst owner in sports in Washington, or sorry, in the DMV. So that's huge. It's a wonderful, wonderful story. And I've talked about this a lot with a couple of pals. We've written about it on Recommend if you like. I think that the pandemic was the greatest thing that could have happened to the NFL. Because baseball screwed up so royally, no pun intended, and basketball did their darndest and took it so seriously. It was off-putting to a lot of people, which I thought the bubble was amazing. It was the best basketball played maybe in my lifetime. And hockey did a really great job, too, but they took it very seriously. Half the country doesn't think it's serious, right? Football was perfect because if you wanted to take it seriously, you could say, oh, well, there's no fans. It, they, they're, it's safe. And it's outside. It's safe. And if you if you didn't want to take it seriously, go, the game must go on. It's going to be played. They never missed a week. That's huge. They've done a, such a good job with that. People almost forget about Kaepernick. People almost forget about CTE because that's how good of a job the NFL did. This is a continuation of that. This is just another, you know, like a four-year a chunk of like NXL victories. And if you look at the ratings and if you look at Taylor Swift of it all, they can seemingly do no wrong. And I'd say about a decade ago, I'd put money that this would be the first league to like fail or dramatically change in order to sustain itself. So yeah, they've, uh, they've done a great job and I don't know what ownership needed to do to finally force this dude out, but it's nice to know that evil human beings get paid $6.5 million, $6.5 billion because they were horrible owners for 20 years. So and then, yeah, a and positive then story. Walked away, walked yeah. away, walked away from the region, walked away from got it off in a yeah. region because there's multiple reasons to go away. Anyways, would your would your smart money be on them relocating into DC and they like say the old RFK site or something? They should. And I'm not one of those people that thinks that they uh that city should pay for this thing, but uh there are three reasons why I think it should belong to RFK. Number one, the footprint is there. They could easily do this. Uh, number two, Taylor Swift didn't visit this market 
on her tour. That was the biggest grossing tour in the world. There was no DMV stop. That's because the Commander Stadium is so poor. The Beyonce dates, one of the two at that show got rained out, and there was like a flood within the stadium. (laughs) If the two biggest shows, the two biggest football stadium-sized shows either are getting flooded or not visiting the this uh visiting the dmv because of this if you can guarantee 12 events that bring a football level product obviously for football there's eight plus the two preseason sometimes nine based on the new 17 year 17 game schedule if you can get guarantee four more events to that caliber it will pay for itself that sounds insane but it will and there needs to be no development other than the vacant rfk so yeah, they should come back. And once again, I'm not a big... I don't like the Commanders. I like them a hell of a lot more than I did five years ago. But like, I'm not a Commanders fan. I will re- I probably never go to that stadium. I'm a Bears fan, and I could have got relatively free tickets, but I don't want to commute to Landover and back on a Monday night. That sounds like pain, and I'm not doing that. Right. So I sound so old and bitter. Not bitter. No, no I mean, this is what... I mean, again, give the people what they want, right? I mean, that's that's... <laughs> That's not like, this. That's a that's a pretty good chunk of podcasting. I'm, I'm you know, like, you know, this is you've, you've listened to Kornheiser, I'm sure. Right. <laughs> I like I don't I like Kornheiser. I don't think Kornheiser is bitter. I, I love him. He does sound very angry, though, sometimes. Yeah, you I know? get that. I get yeah. that. I think he sounds um, happy now. It, I mean, it's probably happier than. Well, yeah, maybe I mean, it's just compared to like his. I don't like Stephen A. Smith, which is sacrilege to say. So maybe that's it. Yeah. Um, since you mentioned the Wizards and Caps, uh, Virginia, uh, Commonwealth of Virginia has put together a package to lure the Wizards and the Caps to a site near um, uh, Pot- the Potomac, the new Potomac uh, Yards Metro mm-hmm. Station. Uh, it's over, you know, across the river in Alexandria from from Washington D.C. Um, you know, just to basically, you know, down the road from uh, National Airport. Um, and this, you know, like to me, this, it, it sounds serious because they're offering uh, like a lot of incentives, a lot of cash. They would be able to have the practice facilities at the facility itself, which, uh, the capital one center, which is where the wizards and capitals play now doesn't have the wizards go across the river to, to a practice facility in Anacostia, uh, where the, the mystics and the go-go play and the capitals have to go out to Boston uh, for their practices um, in in a mall, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, which is, I don't know, it's kind of charming at the same time too. I know that it's not fun. They'd rather do it all in one spot. Uh, Ted Leonis, the owner of both franchises has asked the the district of Columbia to pay for, um, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in renovations for the capital one center. Uh, The, so far the city has, has not, uh, you know, said yes. And so there is a real, there's a real, you know, uh, chance that the Wizards and Capitals might leave after 25 years, 20, 26 years now. I guess we're in their 26, 26th year uh, after being at this facility. They were previously out in Landor, <laughs> again, the in the in the uh, Prince George's County and the Capital ones or the Capital Center at that point that Abe Pollen had built. And uh, you know, t- talk about another drag. I mean, like this, this would be a little more accessible than that. There's a metro obviously stopped there, and it's pretty close in. But it seems like this is. This is a fairly big deal too, in terms of this. The I mean, the downtown. I mean, just you know, the other night, 
the Rangers were in town, lots of hockey jerseys for, you know, for both Washington and New York. Uh, you know, the restaurants are hopping. I mean, Jose Andres, you know, number one Capitals fan uh, with has four or five restaurants or whatever in the immediate vicinity. It's it feels I mean, there's a lot of other things in downtown D.C., but losing 82 venue, 82 games between the, the Caps and, and Wizards a year seems like a lot. Oh, yeah, it's huge. But there's a huge difference between getting to Alexandria than it is to Landover. So if it does happen, I it's going to be not good, but I don't think it's going to be as big as the Commanders moving back for eight games a year, which says something both about both sports, all three sports, actually. I love where the Wizards and Caps play. I think it's probably the second best stadium location in the country. Madison Square Garden is probably number one mm-hmm. because that, it's that close. Like You can get there from pretty much anywhere. Parking is a nightmare, and I've never driven to that stadium, and right. that's a luxury because I live in the city, but that's a city versus suburb bias that I'm always going to have, and I'm always going to be pro-city. Uh, <laughs> right. So you, yeah, it, it you won't have. I mean, they'll have a metro stop there, but it, it is like one stop removed from Metro Center. So it yeah. is, has all these lines going through it. It's very easy, as you said, to get there or to bike there or yeah. walk there. For it's some wonderful. People. It's yeah. it's it's close to perfect. It's not perfect. It's close to perfect. And I understand. This sounds like an old man. It's really not. The stadium was, I think, in perfect condition, and the area around it maybe eight years ago. And then since the pandemic, that area around the stadium has dramatically changed for bad reasons. And there's no way around that. And I don't think that whitewashing it. This is essentially an Atlanta Braves move. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to just move it just outside the city and make it where you kind of would prefer to drive, which is a bad look. And you're going to isolate the people that actually live in the city. But you might be super happy with the facilities. It's the exact same plan the Atlanta Braves did. And it really stinks because then they won a World Series. <laughs> right. And you're not really going to feel like the Wizards are losing. We're losing the Wizards when you're going to be the worst team in the league and you have no faith in ownership to do anything good with draft picks. And at this point, the Caps only exist for the Russian guy to get to get Putin's friend to get more goals. So, like, yeah, this is the worst time in mo- in the last 20 years for both franchises in terms of, like, on ice and on court product. Yeah, this is the time to move. And I hope it doesn't happen. I don't care if it really does, though, because I'm a I'm a Blackhawks and Bulls guy. I'll still go those two games a year, and that's about it. I'm as long as baseball doesn't move, I could almost care less. Because the good thing about it being on the train line is, in theory, every worker will be able to keep their job. And if you really want to go to a game enough, it's going to be what 15 more minutes of time on the train, maybe. The one of the questions I have though is is that like one. I you know I don't go to a lot of Wizards games, but every time I do go, I'm kind of reminded that Washington is a basketball capital. You know, in particular, like Prince George's County. You know, the other mm-hmm. the other side of the of the district line uh, in Maryland. Um, you know, the people forget, I think sometimes because the, the, because the on-court product is so bad now that the bullets, you know, won when the wizards were the bullets, they won a, an NBA championship. They went to, you know, a, they went to another win, NBA championship, yeah, but they didn't win it in that building. It's true. They didn't. So but, yes, but they it, have the hit, but, like, but it's on. also, but it's, it feels like the, it's, it's kind of, again, like, like you said with the Braves, I mean, they moved out of Atlanta, they moved to Cobb County 
And there, in, as Barry Severla puts, points out in the, in the post in his column, uh, you know, it's just this generic, you know, like, uh, you know, super yuppie brewing company. Oh, you yeah. Know, <laughs> like, you know, uh, generic hamburger stand lot. You know, And that's I mean, why if the commanders move back to RFK, I'm OK for because you're not creating this false suburb or this false town where this what this Alexandria thing is. Right, right. Once again, not a fan of it, but also this is another weird thing for basketball and hockey. It's not an outdoor sport. So <laughs> the, the building and, and the ice is the same and the court is the same. They're almost interchangeable for where you play. And anyone that grew up playing it, those aren't places like you go down to your local field. No, you're going everywhere right. from a young age traveling to play both of those sports. So in a weird way of all four to move potentially. Those are the two I care the least about. I still want it to happen. I don't want it to happen. I, I like Capital One. I don't know the reason they want to upgrade it other than to get more boxes in this so you can make more money, which is fair. I mean, that's why you own a team is to to bleed the public, right? I mean, what one one would hope that, you know, the the owner, you know, who seems to be invested in the in the area, you know, I mean, he's he's not uh, you know, some out of towner. Uh, would recognize that the this is and the city also you know would would recognize that this is a gathering spot for everybody in, in the area. It is, and you know what they do an amazing they spot. do an amazing job with concerts. You could probably without those two teams, you probably bring more Georgetown games there. You probably bring more concerts there. You're not going to get 82, but you could probably do another 20 or 30 or 40. Maybe a lot of those acts that would play Meriwether in the summer would play Capital One. Maybe it it's not a wash, but it will be used, right? Hopefully. So I think this also like this isn't is a good transition to some of the underlying reasons that I mean you, you mentioned that the area around uh, the the Capital One Center is has deteriorated. You know, like when when it opened. Um, you know, when I moved here, it was. You know, like downtown was uh, not not a great place to be. I mean, I I, I remember I went to a uh, a Wizards game and I parked in a dirt lot just mm-hmm. to the north yeah. <laughs> of of what was then the MCI Center. Um, of course, you know that's now like a Vita Fitness or mm-hmm. you know something like that. But over the last few years, um, a lot of retailers have gone out of business. Some of this is the pandemic. Some of it is just the normal business cycle. People are on ten year or twenty year leases and they just cycle out and nothing replaces them. Um, but this is also something that we're seeing in other parts of the city that were again sort of previously vibrant, like H Street. Mm-hmm. Um, H Street is becoming a, a less desirable place to visit and to do business. I mean, people are closing their restaurants, closing their businesses, and and literally saying it's because of crime. Sure. <laughs> and so this, I mean, granted, this is a this gets into sort of politics because you know crime it becomes a political issue very quickly. It's certainly you know. Uh, a, a charge that's leveled at the District of Columbia for being, uh, for having crime be out of control. How, how much is that? I mean, other cities are going through this, but other cities also don't have like all these people from other Congress here magnify putting a magnifying glass. Oh, yeah. I think the only other city that gets as much attention, it seems to me, are San Francisco uh, mm-hmm. because of some high profile, mm-hmm. you know, sort of pullouts of, of businesses. Uh, L.A. Uh, mm-hmm. par- primarily because more of it's more of a homeless issue there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the homeless, you know, uh, population is is very large in Los Angeles, and then in New York uh, because everything's about New York sure. <laughs> all all the time. Uh, I mean, it's certainly crime in Chicago. This was a leading you know factor in in uh, the, the mayoral contest. Mm-hmm. Um, but how big of it 
a deal is it here? And is this just going to, this just seems to be kind of a, a quality of life issue for people who work in Capitol Hill and people who are just working neighborhoods like you. <laughs> yeah, but no one, yes, you're right. And I, I agree with almost everything you said on the premise of that, except you said it's like half the pandemic and half just like leases running up. I'd say like 95% pandemic. Because that that I can't think of one instance where that didn't play into some of this. Um, and even if you're in the neighborhoods, the pandemic is still the reason why it's okay. It's easier to replace one thing with one thing than one thing with thirty things. That's a horrible analogy. Um, there's a lot of vac- there's a lot of vacancies, right? Yeah. There's a lot of places to fill. Yeah, places to fill that would that were full in 2019 that don't exist in 2023. I think it's fair to say, like, oh, yeah, it's because, like, half the workforce is gone. That being said, yeah, the half the workforce doesn't need to be there. It's it, Both things can be true. It's a time, it's time to adapt. That's tough. Um, yeah, I think that's all of it. I, I, I don't think it's complicated in any way. And, that is, and it sounds dismissive. It, it really, really isn't. But I remember early days of the pandemic when, like, if you're a 17-year-old high schooler that all of a sudden was in something for 10 hours a day to nothing. Mm-hmm. Why do you think the carjack, not the carjackings, the car thefts increased by like all teenagers, <laughs> but like tenfold because there was nothing to do and you had a thing to do. And that really hasn't been fully replaced yet. That's not a good sign. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know what to think of this guy. So like for, Another example of of something leaving, and this yeah. is not crime related; it's more business related. You know, like the 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 it's business cycle related. Is that the the Hotel Harrington, uh, yes. which is near my workplace here in in downtown DC? Sure. Uh, it it closes today as we're re- recording this. It's this last day. Um, the, the the its bar, Harry's Bar, uh, closed earlier in the month. That uh, gained a lot of notoriety. You know for. Uh, being a gathering place for the Proud Boys uh, mm-hmm. during um, you know the 2020 election cycle and its aftermath, but it was also home to two other restaurants, uh, Harriet's, you know, which is a place that I think um, we may have gone there after like no. a, a 5K or something like that. No, you no. and me have talked about this place for 13 years, and I've wanted to go with you. <laughs> Like for for about a decade, and then the Proud Boys went there. I'm like, I'm good. I don't yeah. need to see a thing that at one point looks yeah. charming. Yeah, and, and I mean, it is like a it, it is kind of unfortunate. I mean, the, the Post, you know, not to this is not a commercial for the Washington Post, but they did do a nice sort of wrap up of it. You know that this, you know, that's it sort of became to define a lot of what it was about Harry's Bar over the last few years. But that was relatively it's a relatively small episode of a long you know, the long history of the establishment, um, you know, it was a dive bar. I remember going there a few times and it wasn't, it, it wouldn't have been out of place in like my hometown, you sure. know, Cottonwood, uh, you know, like sort of mediocre food, but also affordable and, you know, just a place that everybody, you know, was kind of welcome and maybe they were perhaps too welcoming to the, to the proud boys, but then also what do you do? You know, like you, we don't serve your kind here, proud boy. Like it's not complicated. It it can be a little more complicated when you're worried when again, you're in a, you're in a pandemic and people just sort of sh- start showing up. And then who do you, do you ask for ID? Um, yes. You know, like, you know the, you're not going to get- legally have to, <laughs> it's a <laughs> well, bummer. I meant for, Proud boy, like, you know, here, you know, like, you know, we're not going to fake. Okay. Most every bar now you could fake a scanner. Just take a photo of every single ID. It's not, I, I worked as a doorman. This isn't hard. 
it, it it's not. I guess you know the thing that I worry about with with that is that, and again, I'm not the, being an apologist, obviously for the for the Proud Boys, but how do you? Says the man from Arizona. <laughs> but when when what, at what point do you you what is the guide for like okay that guy's got a camo hat so he's not welcome here? I mean like it. Are it's, you a, it's a Proud little... Boy? All guys in matching polos. <laughs> all right, um, but our ah, closed again. I don't so, want to. We're closed. My... Go to the W. <laughs> Here, that's my, how you do it. I just my point it. about this establishment is that it's been there for 109 years, continuously run. The last, you know, owner died, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, uh, of it. The the grandson of of one of the founders uh, died in 2020. So, I mean, it was it was, and, and it also is this anomaly, right? It's it's a it's an yes. old structure built in you know the 19 teens uh, that was just a matter of time before it was replaced by one of these soulless, ugly glass and steel things that dot the landscape in, in DC. And it was, I mean, that's the one of the reasons I kind of rooted for it because it, it, it was a place that didn't quite fit in. It was, it was, it was a place that wasn't just like everywhere else. Um, and now it's gone and it will be replaced by luxury condos. Mm -hmm. And and like, I think the, the, um, the real estate evaluation of just the real estate, you know, nothing to do with the actual building itself was like $25 million or something yeah. like that. I mean, it, it was, so it's going to be replaced by something that, you know, sucks, you know, <laughs> it, it, I mean, to, to be, I mean, charitable uh, okay. about it. And there's just like, it seems like there's one thing kind of after another of that. What replaces, what replaces these things? Um, you know, like what replaces, things that are actually tied to the community. If, if the wizards and capitals, you know, homegrown, you know, sports franchises go to Alexandria hotel, Harrington. Well, are you a homegrown sports franchise? If you also were in Baltimore, I mean, isn't, isn't everybody from somewhere else at some point? I mean, the Chicago bulls have always been the Chicago bulls. Some franchises move so that no, that's we we are talking, we are talking 50 years. I mean, that's the point though. That's the thing. Like it's hard. It's hard to develop these super tight connections with any franchise when there's movement every third, 20 to 30 years. It's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing, but like, that's what happened to the bullets flash slash wizards. You know what I mean? But it hasn't been 20 to 30 years with the, with, with the wizards. I mean, but the current building it has No. I mean, I would argue also that the name, I mean, I understand why there was a move to to change the name from the Bullets mm-hmm. to, to the Wizards. The Wizards is among the worst nicknames in sports. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of the dumbest names. Like, the uniforms are terrible. Um, <laughs> the only good outcome for this can't even happen, which would be a Wizards Magic Finals, but they're in the same conference. So I guess the Eastern Conference would be good. Eastern Because that's a fun thing. <laughs> wizards use magic right there we go yeah they're horrible names anyways it's interesting that we're talking about harrington because it's a downtown place and downtown is plagued by crime yet the building's worth 25 million there's this huge disconnect now of uh rampant crime stories but also the rents are out of control it's both right it's interesting and i wonder i mean that that to me explains a lot of people's sort of displeasure with all politicians, but, you know, particularly, I mean, you know, people are like, well, the economy seems to be rebounding. Why do people not like Biden? It's like, it's because they're, everybody is feeling stressed, you know, Mm -hmm. from, from many different angles. I mean, like inflation may be coming down, but that doesn't make it any more likely that somebody who's 22 and just getting out of college can think about owning a house anytime in the next 10 to 20 years. Yeah. Um, Or, 
even buying a car <laughs> or, mm-hmm. or, I mean, things, things feel um, unaffordable. Things feel a little unsafe. And, and it's, and then there's, I mean, I, again, this is a, this is going to sound like, are you going to talk about a city on a shining hill any second? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to do an old man thing myself and complain about my parking ticket lately. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I screwed up the days on, on a, I, I was, I was, I went to go, um, to go get something to eat on a Saturday, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. And I, I parked my car and it, it said loading zone. I'm like, oh, I'm fine. It's Sunday. Because ah, you can't park here on Saturday. I was within 10 minutes, I got a $100 ticket, parking ticket. I, I mean, again, a $100 parking ticket. And I, you know, again, my fault. I screwed up the days. I should have been, you know, less hazy, you know, mm-hmm. in, in the post Thanksgiving thing. So um, just this brutal efficiency with which parking tickets. And moving violations, which are, you know, like they use, you know, robot cameras to take, you know, like if you go uh, over the speed limit or, or now if you make a U-turn where you're not supposed to. I mean, like there is just this amazing efficiency with doling out like very expensive tickets. Um, and yet, like we're, <laughs> you know, nobody seems to pay a fare on Metro anymore. <laughs> Uh, no, like there are roving bands of gangs who just go into CVSs and Walgreens and clear out the shelves. And like, nobody, it's just like, we can't do anything about it. We just can't, there's just the sense of like helplessness with like quality of life issues like that. And it's just, and then on the other hand, you get a hundred dollar parking ticket and it's just like, this, this sucks. You know, I agree that it sucks to get a hundred dollar parking ticket. I also think it's both good and bad that cops don't chase anybody or pull anybody over seemingly in the city because uh when they're speeding because it's illegal to like enact to participate in a chase i see cops like going like bats out of hell all but the not, time but if, it's, if it's like a stolen car robbery situation they can't do it and there's a helicopter and that's that's good because it saves pedestrian lives it stinks that the helicopters cost a, a lot of money and the robot cameras are ruthless and horrible, and that's horrible. I agree, but it also prevents a little bit less racial profiling, so that's good. Um, also, I, I agree. I all agree. transportation, all public transportation, should be free. So, if I'm g- kudos to the kids jumping the rail, seriously, like I'm, I'm too old to do that and get away with it. Good for them. It should be free. Let's make it free. The money is there. It, the, they're not shutting down the trains because the ten teens jump the rail. I don't think that they're. I also don't think that they're jumping the fare because they don't have the money. They're doing it because they know that they won't get caught. As they should take advantage of it. I completely disagree with you on this. This is where society literally breaks down, though, when people think that they don't have to follow any rules, any semblance of it. I mean, but, like this is like Costanza moment. We're living in a society. <laughs> <laughs> Respectfully, once again, disagree. Uh, the, We're not living in a society. <laughs> it's all society, bro. Uh, <laughs> This is no to think that that's actually the problem is kind of the point of the Russian stuff. <laughs> that when I get back to the China stuff, if we look at it at a, a situation, okay, like it's not about if you have the money, it's about whether or not you should pay. Well, why should you pay, right? Why should you pay for this good? You should pay for this good because that's what it costs. Because it, for two twenty five or three eighty or whatever it takes to get from part A to point B in the city, that's how it should be, right? Or you just make it a flat fee. You should make it two bucks and you just have a cop there at the gate. That's it. That's how you solve this. You put one cop at one station. That's all they do. No more, less guns, less armor. 
More people just walking around. That's it. No guns, just tasers. Like it's not complicated. Don't arrest a kid. Give him a thirty dollar fine or twenty dollar fine or whatever. It goes away. Stuff like that. That's what's going to make any of this stop. Just play not so playing close policemen. Is, just walking is policemen. that going to happen though? With no. the Columbia. That, I mean, that, that's that's my it's thing. Not going to happen so, anywhere like, because it's a lot easier to get approved for and for budgets of militarization than it is to get guys with like. They just need more comfortable walking shoes. That's all this really is about. It's not going to happen. It's depressing. I don't think that the kid that's jumping the rail is the same in any way as the billionaire sports owner asking for a handout. The billionaire sports owner is hundreds of times of magnitude more evil. Ted is way more evil than all the kids put together jumping on the train. But we talk like Ted, like, oh, he's a local. He's a good guy. No, Ted's the most evil out of any. Jeff's pretty evil too. Don't get me wrong. All the guys are evil. All the evil. All the billionaires are evil. What they're getting in handouts, magnitudes more than the kids. And the, we live in a society, Jerry, is an easy way to push the people down below you in the socioeconomic stratum. That's all this is. I, I mean, I agree with that. I mean, I, I can handle billionaires actually paying their fair share of taxes, and I do think the train should be free. Home. Yeah. <laughs> Good job on the kids. Yes. So where do we, where do you see we're going, you know, here? I mean, like we, we've, you know, brought up a lot of Canada. gloom, um, but is there any, is there any path, you know, like sort of out of this? Cause I mean, again, things do, everything changes. I mean, they're, they're you know, or like, conversely, nothing changes and both are beautiful. Uh, we, we feel like, we're, I feel like we're, we can take it for granted that things are changing now. Um, I mean, is my guess. I mean, if nothing else, I mean, we've gotten changes of ownership or 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 things like that, or things closing. Oh, a different billionaire owns a thing that we like for no specific reason. <laughs> but what's you know what's next? I mean, like, what do we what do we what do what does happen that makes it a little bit more livable for a place like Washington, and we get like people to stop complaining about like the way we run things. Stop complaining. Well, <laughs> the entire podcast industry folds. Um. Uh, okay, so a few things. We initially were not going to talk about this. Remember this? About we were initially going to talk about like not DC. We we're going to talk about big picture stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, that was the original, and I thought it was just a, a little bit amorphous. I I, I understand that completely, yeah. but what we didn't talk about, which I think is like super important to DC, but a national story is the Elon Musk of it all, is the Twitter of it all, because. Mm-hmm. You and me and most everyone in our circle at one point or another has either been on Twitter or lived on Twitter. Right. And that seems to be going away. Mm, And it's not necessarily a good thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just a different thing. We're kind of retreated into our own bubbles. Like, so there's like the blue sky bubble. There's the threads bubble. There's still the Twitter bubble. None of them are really taking over. Everyone that says like, I'm not on Twitter anymore is still on Twitter. (laughs) Right. Uh, if everyone that thinks Threads is good is, is the same people that did Facebook and uh, Russia won on that one again. So <laughs> nothing's new and nothing's old at the exact same time. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, and I could, I think, like, I feel like social media is now going kind of the way we saw television evolve. You know, initially there were just a few options, and everybody, everybody saw the same thing. Everybody like had you know experience at the same time. And then it fragmented, and we ended. There's up no with more like, monoculture. Yeah, yeah. We ended up with 500 channels that. No and now, oh, there's TikTok, and every single person has their own channel, right? Which is both horrible and wonderful at the exact same time. Right. Have you ever heard of the Devil Never Sleeps? It's this mm. newish book by Juliet Kame. No, no. She was the person that did the Atlantic piece in like 
early March of 2020 being like, this is going to be bad. <laughs> it's essentially a book about like how every disaster unfolded, right? And about how we currently live in a like disaster state. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what you've been getting at with all this stuff. But I still think this disaster state is way better than it was 200 years ago in this country for everyone. Yeah. I think it's better than it was 100 years ago for most people of color. I think it was better than it has been 50 years ago for most every LGBTQ or identified person now. So, well, this is still not great. It's still immensely better than it was 50 years ago because I listened to your show about 2073. I think that what we're going to notice about now that when we look back on now, this is going to be the time where we really do get everyone gets their own little feed of media that's changed everything. It'll be very, very fascinating to see how that translates to the IRL world because this is a good example about local stuff, right? DC nine is one of my favorite bars, clubs, rock venues, whatever you want to call it in Washington, DC, right? They, the room is like 200 people. Uh, there's a bar, there's a roof. They'll have a show and there's like a TikTok star and they have like 65 million views or whatever. And they sell zero tickets. And there's a band that's not on TikTok that's got a local following and they'll sell like 40 and that's like old school. And then there's a touring band that's been doing it forever and they pound the pavement and they'll sell out. And that's how it's been forever. So it's this wonderful mixture of like, even though there's this brand new ecosystem, it's not really going to impact every single aspect of life. But if you want to live in that bubble and pretend you're someone huge or popular or not and retreat into your bubble and find safety in that, there's that new option. And that's great. That could also be evil, but that in theory could be great. So I think it's a wash. And when it, the, the disaster book and the Elon Musk of it all and the AI of it all just makes me think that none of this is complicated. This all goes back to Mr. Rogers and we just need to be kind to each other. And that's it. And it's so hard to be kind to each other when the algorithm doesn't promote that because it's boring. It's so boring. It's so difficult to say it's you I like versus of like, hey, because you just wrote about Tenet. Hey, hear this mystery on a mystery. It's, a mystery. it's not complicated. Are you cool? Are you are you cool, man? <laughs> Why couldn't they kick out the Proud Boys, man? They weren't cool at the Harrington. Maybe the Harrington stays open because they just weren't cool. And now people got hurt because of that. They just weren't cool, man. It's It goes back to the same thing it's always been. There's always going to be evil billionaires trying to manipulate things. And they're all going to suck. And I shouldn't say that because I believe in Mr. Rogers and you shouldn't say people suck. But come on, dude. So <laughs> that's where we're at. That's how it's always going to be. It's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It is a thing. I'll take that. I mean, I, and, and, yeah. <laughs> no, I will. I mean, I, I'm, I actually was looking for some sort of, I mean, I'm, you know, uh, I can get fairly gloomy. And so all I don't agree with Mr. Rogers personal politics. I don't agree with his church's stance on most everything. I don't agree with his track record in terms of or his like his decisions in life. I agree with every single thing he preaches. And I try to do that in a way that's progressive and it's very difficult and I'm trying. And I think that the majority of people in your life are trying to. And that's a good thing to think about. And if, it, and if you ever get super duper depressed about it, you live in a city. And isn't that cool? Because you get to get medicine if you need it real, real quickly. And you get to have food from around the world whenever you want that you couldn't have gotten even 50 years ago. Isn't that great? 
you could have every spice in the world and people used to murder each other for those things. That's pretty fun. And you could you have the opportunity to turn off all the garbage you don't like. Isn't that cool? That's not how it's always been. It's a wonderful time. I think we're going to wrap it on that. That's a good note to end on. And um, I'll, like I said, I'll, I, I, I'll take it. I'll take that. Brandon, thank you so much, you know, for, for coming on and uh, happy holidays to you. And we will see you another time here on political theater. Thank you. <laughs>